Hi, this is David. I bet you've heard the saying that food is medicine. But the thing is, we also want our food to be quick and tasty. Factor has the solution. Their delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. They deliver prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including Kato, Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and more. Plus, there's extra things to enjoy. They have over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, like snacks and smoothies, that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. You'll be glad to hear that Factor is affordable. I've done the math. and Factor meals are less expensive than takeout. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash living50 and use code living50 to get 50% off. That's code living50 at factormeals.com slash living50 to get 50% off. Thank you. Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Happiness Wrote by Alice Hagen Rice, published in 1942. Dare to launch out on life's uncharted sea, for in you the great pilot, the great adventurer, the great poet, the great inventor, the great musician, the great artist, is making its quest for individual experience. Genius springs from the soul that dares to drink at the fountains of inspiration in the garden of life. Every individual has two minds, the unconscious and the subconscious, and each one functions in different ways. The latter is the builder of the body, ceaselessly directing its activities and compelling it to reproduce its kind. This subconscious mind is impersonal, deductive, with no purpose of its own, but being clairvoyant and telepathic, it serves as a medium through which we contact the universal. It is the conscious mind that fashions the thought which the unconscious mind brings into existence in form. The cells of our body, which are constantly made and replaced by the unconscious mind, are under the influence of the conscious mind and reflect its attitude toward good and evil, health and disease. The power to choose our thoughts and direct them, therefore constitutes a partial free will which enables us by the power of suggestion to modify many of our inherited or environmental tendencies. This freedom, however, has its disadvantages, for we are free to choose unwisely as well as wisely. Our bodies act on old instincts, and the animal in us clamors for satisfaction. Whether our instincts are prompted by sex, self-preservation, or frustration, 
It is the use we make of them that determines our character. Following our primal impulses leads to decadence. Denying them results in illness. Directing them in new channels consistent with spiritual living results in health and peace. The discovery that it is in our power to change our lives by the thoughts we think is the first step towards spiritual mastery and creative living. Life also takes on a grave responsibility when we realize that our minds, like our bodies, grow by what they feed upon, and that it is upon us to furnish the proper nourishment. Henry Bergson famously said that, To exist is to change, to change is to mature, to mature is to go on creating ourselves endlessly. Whatever we give our attention to is the thing that governs us. If our mental searchlight seeks out the mean, the sordid, the ugly, we reflect those qualities in our lives. The only excuse for a preoccupation with such things is a desire to change conditions. Each of us is supreme ruler over one kingdom, and that is our own mind. We make our decisions, change them, select our thoughts, and are responsible for our emotional reaction to the outer world. The fallacy of believing that right thinking will banish disease, poverty, and unhappiness is obvious. But by conscious effort we can minimize these disasters and emerge from them triumphant. The law of correspondence is that the universe assumes to us just the attitude we take toward it. When we utter a pessimistic thought or an unjust criticism, we create an atmosphere that immediately affects us as well as others. Psychology has proven that if we make the right appeal to any human faculty, that faculty will expand and begin to grow. If that is so, to what extent do we call forth the best in our friends and neighbors? The majority of people live without a plan. They go through life accepting other people's creeds, other people's moral and social ideals, following ever the line of least resistance. The mind, a powerful machine, built for a useful purpose, is too often allowed to whirl in undirected futility. There is no better way of directing our thoughts than by intelligent use of the imagination. By clearly visualizing our ideals and holding them before us to the exclusion of all baser and more ignoble desires, we best attain our desired end. Virtue like vice is first conceived in the mind, and imagination is a more powerful factor than willpower in character building. Whatever discouragement we may feel as to our ability to be of use in the world should be minimized when we realize that no one has ever had our exact inheritance and environment 
that we may be fitted to perform a task no one else can accomplish. Such a thought fires the imagination and makes us eager to discover just what our peculiar mission in the world may be. It is well to remember that each of us is a link in a chain that reaches back through centuries and that upon our weakness or strength depends the nature of the links to come. The preoccupation of helping to make a better world lifts us above petty personal vanities, jealousies, and self-preoccupations, and enables us to bring into being the finer things we desire. The instinct to create springs directly out of the unconscious mind, and the finer the model presented, the finer the thing produced. Thomas Edison said, As I analyze my reaction to thoughts and ideas which appear in my mind, I feel that the mere fact that I have an idea is proof that the same source that gave me the idea will also show me how to work it out, provided I hold on. Napoleon Bonaparte claimed to have fought every battle in his imagination on the eve of the actual engagement. Practical demonstration of the power of suggestion can be made in everyday life. By fighting through our crises in advance, rehearsing our parts in accordance with our highest ideals, we can perform them when the time comes with poise and wisdom. There is no limit to what we may accomplish with the aid of imagination. As the sculptor apprehends an angel in a block of stone, the musician a symphony in a bird song, the poet God in a wildflower, so we can discern hidden beauties in our fellow citizens and help to draw them forth. Jesus of Nazareth exercised this creative power, calling forth the potential goodness in all those around him. By claiming them as brothers and sisters, he affirmed their existence as children of God. The misanthrope has no such power to help others or help themselves. They are so occupied combating the non-essentials that they have little strength left to meet real crises. They do not require a valid cause for their discontent. Any trifle will do. The day is too hot or too cold, the city too noisy, the country too lonesome. The food is never quite right. Such people create their own miasmic atmosphere, dwelling on past tragedies dramatizing present misfortunes, and expressing forebodings for the future. Fortunately, this attitude of mind is capable of correction. A transformation cannot be quickly made, but the cultivation of certain mental habits will gradually affect the desired change. The advice, like what you like more than you dislike what you dislike, cannot be better expressed. Seeing the good in things and people before you see the bad in them 
leaves less time for destructive criticism. Refraining from comparing your lot with that of those more fortunate is another step in the right direction. Your health, your possessions, your attainments, while suffering in comparison with theirs, may assume an entirely different status when placed beside the misery, disease, and poverty of the other half of the world. The habitual attitude of our minds is either positive or negative, inspiring or depressing. As we are influenced by the moods of those about us, so they in turn are comforted or vexed, inspired or depressed by us. Some people never see happiness except in retrospect, the good times of childhood, friends of yesterday, the romance of youth, are them far brighter than the blessings of today. How foolish to live on old joys, when fresh ones may be had for the plucking. If we go halfway to meet good luck, it will return the compliment. The unlucky person is the one who sees themselves discriminated against, the victim of some chance misfortune set apart for unjust punishment. Each day should be an adventure full of endless opportunities for constructive and creative living. Once we have established a channel through which thoughts of beauty and truth may travel, the current of the world's good flows through, enriching both us and others. Cheerfulness is a debt we owe to society, and in the paying of which we receive a generous discount. We cannot open our hearts to give out cheer, without more cheer rushing in to take its place. We have only to look into the faces of those about us, to read what life has written there. Sometimes it is goodness, sometimes evil and in some cases the page is appallingly blank. There are all too few countenances that bespeak a happy and contented nature. It is only in rare instances that we see a face of such shining brightness that it seems to reflect the divine. Personal magnetism itself takes different forms. Sometimes it is purely physical, a vitality that brightens the eye animates the speech, gives grace to the limbs, and gladdens the heart of the beholder. Sometimes it is mental, throwing off sparks of wit and wisdom, and exciting and stimulating others intellectually. Or it may be spiritual, pouring forth a steady radiance from within, that lights the pathway of all who come near. What dignity it would give to our lives if we could be used to light a path for those who are struggling in darkness. A spirit of cheerful confidence with a tender response to human needs is an infallible sign of a noble life.